If you missed it, we've got you covered. Classic Rock Mornings with Blair and RV. So I've just gotten out of the car. I'm on foot right now in Harris Park. And let's just say I can see this thing from like a thousand feet away. (laughs) (laughs) So it's true. This thing does exist. Let's, Let's just paint an imaginary photo in your head right now. I'm okay. at the gates okay. right now, kind of close to the bridge at Harris Park, yeah. and I'm walking towards the band shell, and I can see it, like, sticking up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a middle finger. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this has definitely got some girth to it. <laughs> What's funny is, like, the amount of footprints from all directions towards this... <laughs> This has become a Harris Park, London, Ontario destination. Like, people are going to be taking selfies with this thing. This thing is huge. <laughs> like, this thing has to be like the height of three Michael Jordans. <laughs> wow, the size of the unit below the shaft. <laughs> RV is down at Harris Park as we speak, and he's found the uh, the adult-oriented <laughs> snow monument that somebody created after all those storms we got over the weekend. And what are your first impressions, RV? I am now about four feet away from the structure. <laughs> Somebody, oh my goodness. I'm I'm standing right in front of it right now. This thing is huge and it's sticking straight up. Did the artist or did the sculptor leave their name or initials behind? <laughs> no, they did not pee their name on the giant snowball. <laughs> like if you're driving across the bridge on Riverside and you look north into Harris Park, you're going to see this thing sticking straight up in the air. Dad, what's that? I don't know, son, but it's got great... Big nuts! Hot salty nuts! Who wants them? Lord Almighty! We know that we're being 12-year-olds, but someone else built this thing, and all we're doing is letting the public know that it exists. <laughs> that the legends are true. I I don't use Tinder or anything, but I guarantee somebody out there is going to swipe right on this snowman. <laughs> is that the right way you swipe if you want it? I don't even know. I don't I know either. <laughs> I have never been single in a world with uh, with Tinder. So, and, and let's just say this: at minus twenty with the wind chill, that thing isn't going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> I was expecting it to, you know, decrease in size as I approached it, but no. Surprisingly, it didn't shrink. The structure okay. was happy enough that it stayed it stayed full size. Okay, we're done here. If you're driving past this the old psych hospital there on uh, Sunset, and you see a lot of uh, production vehicles parked out front, it's because the show has started filming. And there was, like, a lot of hype about this, like, what, going back, like, a month or two? Oh, yeah. When it was announced and, that like, the site was collected uh, or selected, rather, as a spot, hundreds and hundreds of people lined up to be extras. It's a big deal. Like, this is the biggest production to ever come to Elgin County. And they said they're actually looking into having more productions in the area for for movies and TV shows, which is great. Laura, uh, my lovely wife, she even said to me at one point, and it was just, like, totally random. She's like, oh. Why don't we uh, Why don't we go grab breakfast at Sunset Cafe in St. Thomas? I was like, what? Like, why do you want to drive from Lucan to St. Thomas? And then I was like, she wants to. Damn it, she wants to go see if she can actually see Jason Mimosa or whatever the hell his name is. My wife loves Jason Momoa like too. What, like what woman I, does it? I don't know, man. She's obsessed with the dude. That guy is cut from granite or something. I don't know. <laughs> something you and I aren't. Uh, Reminds of us uh, reminds us of a call that we got from uh, our dear friend Thea. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> a couple weeks back, when we were trying to figure out what what's with the love 
for Jason Samosa. I'm an old <laughs> fart, and I can appreciate a good ass. <laughs> Are you uh, on the Jason Momoa train? You find this guy sexy? Oh, I'm, I'm like 70 years old. Okay, like, I find anything <laughs> younger uh, than me sex. If you said, hey, Thea, you want to go have some fun? What would you say? I'd say, uh, I'll drop myself at your feet naked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm at the age where I just don't give a f- and I go, I'll drop my drawers for anybody. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Hey, this is Mike Jack of London, Guinness Book of World Records holder, and you're listening to Classic Rock Mornings with Blair and RV. Choo! Choo! Oddly, there's a little bit of hesitation here, but this is from the Ghost Pepper King. Yeah, yeah all right. So, so, so shoot a thrill. Shoot some thrills. All right. Pop that in there. Give that a chew. Uh, how's it tasting so far? Um, uh, <laughs> not really the best, I guess. But <laughs> so, what, 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 what will your next challenge be after the the most Ghost Peppers in, in two minutes? Then, what are you, you going to try and break next? Um, I've got a, I've got a few challenges coming up. Uh, my my uh, my next Guinness record is actually uh, it's going to be uh, May 30th at a, a new uh, hot sauce expo in Ottawa called Heating Up the Capital. And for that one, I'm actually doing one uh, a record with my wife, and it's for a uh, hottest habanero or uh, longest habanero kiss. Oh, and, whoa. yeah, and it was a uh, it was a record that was uh, created on the show uh, Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> and I uh, that with Megan, it's yeah, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I've never seen it except for this clip from the show. But basically, we each have to eat a habanero, and then we just uh, put our lips together for as long as we can. Uh, the record right now is uh, a minute and forty-one seconds, so I'm hoping we can uh, we can smash that. Yeah, it's just like um, it's cool too because it's um, just a couple weeks after the anniversary of our first date. So yeah. Oh, look at that! That's a way to celebrate. Closing question: Did you and your wife sleep in the same bed on Saturday night? <laughs> uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> she's a brave lady. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, she's, woman. <laughs> she's used to it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. Eh? <laughs> I think you know, I know. What? Let's just hand it over right now. You can put this next to your Guinness certificate oh. here. This is uh, an official award. Oh, He's wow. broken a Blair and RV world record for chewing some thrills. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Do we need to chew any more? Well, like, it just keeps like going it's, it's without hesitation. <laughs> yeah, I'll try a few. Actually, uh, something I do to like, I was doing during my training was. Look, he's just um, popping I know. He's, <laughs> like, just, uh, it's a, he's <laughs> just thinking it's ghost peppers. Chew some thrills! Yeah, here, I'll eat a few of these. <laughs> yeah, because I was, uh, to work on uh, jaw strength, the technique I learned is uh, chewing gum for the day. So I would, really? uh, yeah, I'd actually pop like about six pieces of gum in my mouth and just chew them for the whole day. And my jaw would be like super sore at the end of the day and the next day too. But but yeah, it helps build jaw strength so you can chomp down on those a lot faster. See, so what's going on here is basically we've got you in training for your next record. As <laughs> exactly, you chew all these yeah. thrills, man. It's working out perfectly. Yeah. Joined in studio right now with uh, Mike Jack of London, who's uh, now the Guinness World Record Holder for 246 grams worth of ghost peppers in two minutes. And Mike, you document this all online. Where can we find your videos? Check out my YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash hot reviews or just go on YouTube and search uh, Mike Jack's Hot Reviews. Choo! 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 Choo some thrills! Choo some thrills! (laughs) (laughs) Pearl Jam have announced they're postponing their tour due to coronavirus. Wow, that's like that is wild. Makes you think, man, like if there are going to be any other dominoes that fall because if a band like this is taking it seriously. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this may be the first domino 
in a string of shows that are going to be postponed. The band announced that due to concerns over the spread of the virus, they have postponed the tour. They haven't announced when it's going to resume. This was supposed to start soon, March 18th in Toronto and March 24th, Hamilton at Cobbs Coliseum, first Ontario Centre. But it's looking like there's going to be a few upset fans out there. Um, it was posted last night on our Classic Rock 981 Facebook fan page. Obviously, uh, people sharing it, uh, talking about it. And you, you just wonder as they, you know, we we talked about, I think, yesterday in Classic Rock Sports, uh, the NBA talking about yeah. teams preparing for fanless games. Restricting media access to locker rooms. Like where where, where, or if does it end? And if, if not, how long do you have to wait out what turns out to be COVID-19 and, and the problems that it's causing? It's like, it is, it's, it's wild. And not just the stadium atmosphere and the potential spread of the virus, but when there's a tour, there's a lot of travel involved. So airports. I think that played into a major factor with the postponement of this tour. Well, you actually, Eddie Vedder, in that, I think you mentioned there was a string of 10 tweets. Yeah, there's 10 of them. In one of the tweets, Eddie Vedder said, uh, you know, Pearl Jam, because of its devoted fans, they know that, you know, it's not like when, when they play in Hamilton, for instance, it's not just people from southwestern Ontario. Like, you'll get people flying in from all over the place yeah. to catch these shows. We know when Pearl Jam played at Budweiser Gardens, there were people literally from all over the world yeah. that showed up. So you can imagine, same type of thing, that that's exactly what the concern was, that people from around the globe are going to come see them and and could potentially just make it that much worse. Why does this have to happen in 2020? It was like a month ago, you and I were saying that 2020 has the potential to be the best year ever for rock tours. And now look at this, postponement. And I have a feeling it's not going to be the first. As we try to navigate the whole COVID-19 coronavirus thing here, uh, moments ago, if you missed it, this was the word from the Premier's office. This was the word from Doug Ford at Queen's Park. The government must be in a position to take any and all actions necessary. That is why today, Ontario has declared a state of emergency. And uh, what that meant, and uh, we were spoken to Miranda, speaking to Miranda Chan of Blackburn News London, saying that uh, much like London did yesterday, it is uh, officially throughout the province, bars, clubs, restaurants, uh, uh, show venues, theaters, places where people would uh, gather in masses to, uh, to, to enjoy, uh, you know, recreational time, I guess you want to say. I think a lot of people here were expecting that announcement yesterday, to be honest with you. And I mentioned a moment ago, you know, I've never been more proud to be a Londoner because here we are as a community coming together as one and helping sp- uh, helping prevent the spread of COVID-19. Like, look at Mered Holder. You got to tip your cap to him. Yesterday, he put in effect that bars, restaurants, theaters had to be closed in the downtown core. And here's Doug Ford. A day later. Yeah. A day later doing it. So London, we are doing a great job. We are far ahead of a lot of other communities in this country. And I think that really speaks to uh, the people that we have here in London. 519-679-3733 on the Rock Line. Good morning. Hey, this is Ray Colin. I'm up from I'm up in uh, Mitchell area right now, just on the edge of the listening area, I guess. I just wanted to thank you guys for, uh, you know, keeping your heads cool and keeping everybody else out there at least a little calm. Really does help in times like this, because out here the panic is horrible. While I went to London yesterday, I can still get food. <laughs> Thank you for the kind words. We appreciate that. Uh, how are things up in Mitchell? Oh, uh, you can't get anything, at least when I tried, for anywhere from Mitchell to New Hamburg. It's all sold out. Wow. They got, they got a shipment in in Tavistock at, I think, 9 in the morning yesterday. I left work to go grab it. 
and it was gone by the time I got there. That's a 30-minute drive. Incredible, isn't it? I mean, I, I think part of this is while, while everybody does, you know, rush out to grab the items they feel that they need to just make sure, you know, that you don't take five loaves of bread and six bags of milk, that there's other people waiting in line behind you, you know? Yeah, and I, I'm a farmer out here with my family, and I can tell you, we're going to keep the food coming come hell or high water. There's no need to be panicking like that. You're only making the problem worse for everybody else. Santa Clara County, which is the home to the San Jose Sharks, has officially put a ban on mass gatherings, which includes going to an NHL game RV. It's a good thing that their season's almost over, being nearly dead last in the league. I honestly can't help but think of Budweiser Garden. Right, like, yeah. Like what? Like what's next? And I mean this in all seriousness. Like, and and I guess you can appreciate why they'd have to. But would the Knights all of a sudden be playing with no fans in the stands at Budweiser Gardens? Because, like, let's say London wants to abide by uh, a ban on mass gatherings. Like, could that happen? It could happen because it seems like every day when we get into the studio, there's more and more news about coronavirus. Bud Gardens for hockey holds 9,100. Yeah. And the light, the the Knights have a lot of season left. Like they're number seven in the CHL rankings. They're probably going to make a good playoff run. So there's going to be people in that building for weeks to come. On the line right now, an absolute expert um, who can help us identify like what kind of uh, risk London might be under for coronavirus. Associate Medical Officer of Health at the Middlesex London Health Unit, Doctor Alex Summers. Is is London? What kind of risk is is London at here? The current risk remains low. However, given that we are seeing outbreaks in other parts of the world beyond China. That's why we're getting prepared. But as it stands right now, we've had no additional cases since the case we had at the end of January, and that person has recovered. We've seen no ongoing transmission of the virus in Canada or in Ontario, and we're monitoring that very closely, and we are prepared. Dr. Alex Summers on the show. Hey, uh, before we let you go, doctor, uh, you know, creeping your Twitter bio says you're a hockey fan. Want to know, are the Leafs going to make or miss the playoffs this year? Oh, the Leafs are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> that's a public health guarantee. <laughs> those boys, I got trust in those boys. <laughs> I, 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 I think the momentum... Well, momentum isn't real, so we are going to rely on the skill of them to take us home. But I think they're going to make the playoffs. Once they get there, all bets are off. But I think they're going to get there. Blair and RV saluting the frontline heroes. So we're going to be tipping our cap to all of those grinding it out on the front lines right now amidst this COVID-19 pandemic. It really is a different world out there, Blair. They are the soldiers of today, and they're doing a great job. And we're going to be highlighting a lot of those names in London and surrounding area. And to, to nominate them, all you have to do is send a, a text to the Rock line at 519-679-3733. And uh, part of this, too, that blows my mind is that there's people who wouldn't have ordinarily RV found themselves in a situation that would have been frontline like they now are. Mm -hmm. And uh, that includes a lot of the grocery workers out there in London. We got a message here. Uh, that says, uh, Laura and Priya, my awesome daughters, they both work at the No Frills in North London. And along with their team, they've worked some extremely busy shifts over the past few weeks. As parents, you just want the best for them. And we've questioned whether or not they'll be protected enough. But the owners have been great and offer many ways for them to continue to protect themselves. Unfortunately, they have had bad customers over the course of those days, both yelling or upset because they're out of stock or imposing limit. So everyone has the chance to get those supplies, but they developed a thick skin quickly 
And this hasn't been uh, just a few occasions, but they still enjoy their jobs. So not just a nod to uh, my daughters, Laura and Priya, but grocery store employees gotta love them. So it is RV. You think about any time you've lined up in the grocery store, it's uh, you know now there's six feet between people, but it was almost like the Wild West, right? And uh, oh, folks yeah. like Laura and Priya uh, doing a, an incredible job to help Londoners. We are saluting Elaine as a frontline hero. Elaine is a department supervisor of the service desk at Home Depot here in London. As a frontline hero, all her coworkers at the Home Depot in London uh, out in Southwest are doing a great job. They're sticking together through this pandemic and trying their best to still provide customer service. And just a great job to Elaine and the team all around at the South London Home Depot. Very cool, Blair. If you want to nominate someone for uh, Blair at RV's Frontline Heroes as we all try to figure out what's going on in the world today with COVID-19, we want to hear from you because it's time to highlight the people that are doing the hard work uh, and they get the recognition that they uh, they totally deserve for this situation. Classic rockers seem to be prone to updating their songs to uh, to meet the times. I you know maybe it just fits. Yeah, I don't know. I, I the lockdown sucks. We've been stuck in it for a month now, but one of the best parts to come out of it, Blair. Classic rockers updating some of their biggest songs to fit with the times. And uh, he actually hosted SNL uh, right before the lockdown started. David Byrne of the Talking Heads. He and the rest of the band have gone back into the studio and they've reworked uh, one of their biggest songs to, to fit with the times. I think uh, the the biggest piece that you missed there, RV, about that SNL thing that they did a few weeks back was uh, he was barefoot on stage, which was really weird. He's a very eclectic performer, that David Byrne. He hasn't changed. He, he never has. So what they did <laughs> is they went back into the studio, as RV mentioned, and they, they thought they'd take another crack at uh, burning down the house, which has got to be, like, is this, would you say burning down the house is their biggest song, RV? Oh, yeah. For sure it's their biggest song. And, you know, it, it, it's it's the one that had to be updated to fit with the times. And I you, I say this every time, Blair, whenever one of these, these, these tracks is released, it's my favorite one. But this one really is my favorite one to come under the pandemic so far. Okay, you let us know what you think about this. Take a listen. <laughs> School teacher, <laughs> you gotta you gotta give uh, Burn and Co credit for making something out of nothing with that, right? This show has come along at the absolutely perfect time as everybody struggles with COVID nineteen. He's a completely insane, gay, gun-toting, drug addict fanatic. He, he wasn't real. He was like a mythical character living out in the middle of <laughs> Oklahoma. 
The well-known <laughs> zoo owner was taken into custody. He could be looking at nearly 80 years in prison. When I leave this park, I wear a bulletproof vest. That is how bad this has gone. Oh, man. This, the show is called Tiger King, and it was released on Netflix at the beginning of the week, and I saw people on Twitter using the hashtag Tiger King. RV, this show is a train wreck, and you cannot look away. You asked me when I got into the studio on on Monday if I'd been watching Tiger King, and I said, no, I, I, I saw it on Netflix, hadn't tried it. And then at your recommendation, we, we watched the first two episodes on, oh, on, on Tuesday night, and holy, the, the, it really is a train wreck. Okay, so you know you're you're inundated with news all day about the coronavirus, what's happening around the world, obviously what's happening in your backyard with with, with London here. When you start watching this show, nothing else exists. Yeah, this, not, not the coronavirus, yeah. not anything, because it's it's a steaming pile of you know what. That you just can't take your eyes off of. Like the Coles Notes version of this show, there's this dude in Oklahoma that runs a zoo for exotic animals, tigers, lions, all this type of stuff. But everything that happens in this guy's life is absolutely crazy. I, I, I can't believe some of the stuff we've seen in the show. It's like an emotional roller coaster while you're watching it. And it just gets worse and worse and worse over the course of, I think, it's seven or eight episodes. And by the yeah. end, you're just like, what What was that? But thank you, because it had nothing to do with COVID-19. He's got, like, all these ex-convicts that are working for him at his zoo that live on the property in these, like, <laughs> oh, shanty trailers, and he pays them $100 a week. These yeah, people, these people, they, they look rough. A lot of <laughs> yeah. them are missing teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, just just straight up. Every you know, everybody on the site of the trailer park is just having a difficult time, and he's making a bunch of money. It's just, oh man, I can't even describe it any more than that. If there's a reason to watch the show, this is it. The people in this show are the kind of people you want to keep social distance with, <laughs> even if there is not a pandemic going on. <laughs> he, he wasn't real. He was like a mythical character living out in the middle of. Oklahoma. This isn't easy on the ears, RV. No, it is not. You remember Puddle of Mud from the 2000s? Uh, West Scantlin and Puddle of Mud. First of all, I didn't even know the band still existed, but they covered Nirvana, and this went viral over the weekend for how bad it is. It didn't go well. This is like a super cut of all the bad parts. <laughs> oh. His bandmates are looking at him as he's singing, saying, Dude, you serious? Well, I, I couldn't tell like if the bandmates were... It's almost like it's on the fence. Like they're they're either enjoying it or, like you said, they're like, "What are you doing right now, man?" But the problem is that they were equally a part of it. I mean, his vocals were awful, but the as you mentioned off air, RV, the whole mix just sounds terrible. It does. Now I'm not like a music producer or anything, but his, his microphone sounds a lot louder than the rest of the band. But like when when he tries to hit those high notes like this. Is it and one of the best parts is, and you can't see it visually over the radio, but his facial expressions as he's trying to hit those notes, he looks absolutely ridiculous. 
yeah, I don't know what's going on. He's like he, you can tell he's leaving it all on the line, but there's uh, there's a lot left to be desired. I like you can be the judge for yourself if you want. Like we've got the full performance, classicrock981.com to see this this I don't know what you want to call it performance. West Scantlin, puddle of mud, Nirvana, whatever that was. <laughs> I'm broadcasting from uh, my Lucan basement, and RV and I are are on webcam here. And uh, when we logged in this morning, you've got a fresh new do, my friend. I'm looking. I'm not even looking at the same guy right now. Would you look at that? Right down to the wood, <laughs> man. So this was a, this was a quarantine cut. You're 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 one of how many? I mean, you see it all over Facebook. Uh, all over Twitter and Instagram, people are going bananas because, of course, there's no salons or barber shops yeah. open. You, you, you took it upon yourself to cut your own hair. I needed a haircut, and my barber <laughs> shop—I go to Top Crew Barbershop on Commissioners, and uh, Emily cuts my hair, and uh, they're closed right now. So, had to take it upon ourselves to try and make the best out of a isolated situation. And 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 and, and if if I may. Uh, how do you feel that went? <laughs> hey, I'm actually, uh, I'm enjoying the new haircut. I, I put a photo up on the Facebook and uh, my wife was getting pretty jealous because all these women were commenting on it saying, hey, RV, you look good. Oh, look at you. And, and then my wife comments. She says, he's mine. <laughs> but we woke Don't up Saturday. We woke up Saturday morning. And I got my beard clipper out. I'm like, all right, cut my hair. And she's like, are you sure? Okay, so so here's here's the question, and, and I think this is what a lot of people are battling. Do you did you feel that you actually needed the haircut, or was this just basically quarantine boredom? <laughs> I guess a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, she did the one like strip right up the middle. You know how when you're, you're shaving your head, you do oh, yeah. it right up the middle, and you're like, yeah, hey. so it's almost, it's almost like the reverse mohawk. The reverse mohawk. I'm telling you. A lot of uh, a lot of the dudes of the Classic Rock Empire reached out to me over social media saying, "Hey RV, great haircut. I'm thinking of doing that too." And believe it or not, Blair, there was actually uh, a couple guys who responded saying, "Look, I buzzed my head too." <laughs> so the buzz cut is the official haircut of quarantine 2020. Yeah, man. I remember doing it in college when I had no money because I'd rather spend it on beer. I didn't realize that we'd ever come to a point where we'd be stuck inside and the college cut because of uh, saving for beer money would become like the quintessential look in 2020. (laughs) Well, hey, I save money on a haircut and I can put that money towards alcohol to get myself through this quarantine, which is driving us nuts. (laughs) Listen, buddy, for your sake, I hope that top crew over on Commissioners and your good friend Emily is open again very, very soon. (laughs) Uh, RV, we put this on a blog, ClassicRock981.com. Uh, Doug Ford on Friday at a press conference with one of like one of one of the best. What, what's the, like insults? Is this is that what you want to say for this word? I would say it is, and I think the people deserve it. To be honest with you, <laughs> he was asked, and, and this, this is the clip. He was asked how he felt Ontarians were doing when it came to the lockdown and the quarantining to try and flatten the curve. 99.9% of the people in this province are working together side by side. That's the reason we were able to see a flattening of the curve. But then we, we have, you know, a bunch of yahoos out in the front of Queen's Park sitting there protesting that the place isn't open. 
That's they're breaking the law and putting everyone in jeopardy, putting themselves in jeopardy, putting the, the workers in jeopardy. It just burns me up. We work so hard. Oh, and we, ha we, we have a bunch of yahoos out there thinking it's all right. They're sending us back months by doing these reckless protests. I, I don't even know who these, these people are. Wow, he's fired up, eh? I mean, and he even went on. If you watch the full clip of Classic Rock 981.com, he at one point says, like, excuse me, because I am. I think he actually uses the phrase, like, I'm fired up about this. I don't. I just don't understand what these people are doing. And, like, do you think you could use almost any word in that scenario, whether it's moron, whether it's S-H-I-T head, whether it's like you, you name it. He could have said anything, but I love that he chose Yahoo. <laughs> Bunch of yahoos. What is it like? Nineteen ninety eight? Calling each other yahoos? We we have you know a bunch of yahoos out in the front of Queens Park, sitting there protesting that the place isn't open. <laughs> if you want to see that full video, it's up at ClassicRock ninety eight one dot com. Bunch of yahoos. <laughs> Joining us on the line right now, it's uh, Andrew Kitt, a.k.a. Shovel Guy, who went viral during the London Knights' uh, first Memorial Cup win 15 years ago. And Shovel Guy, well, like, what does that mean? How did this all come about, Andrew? For sure. For everyone out there missing hockey just as much as I am right now, I'll tell you a little story. Um, so, yeah, so as everyone knows, too, there was no NHL hockey in 2005 because they were on the lockout strike, right? So kind of a little bit of an epic thing. So all eyes were on the OHL that year. You know, you got to set the stage for this year. So no NHL. It was the OHL, the year when Sidney Crosby was like in the finals, Corey Perry. So mega stars in the OHL. So everyone was watching. 15 years ago, TV timeouts were not a thing. So we we're like, oh, these TV timeouts, they need guys to go out there and they got to shovel the snow like around the edge. Well, no one skated before. So we had ice crew that no one skated. So <laughs> they're like, you have to do it. So I basically got demoted during Mem Cup. First, I was a little bit bitter to be quite honest. I'm like, really, I'm getting demoted because I'm the only one who can skate? I'm like, okay, sure, whatever, I'll do it. It's Mem Cup, we're all in this, right? Making this awesome. And then yeah, so I'm out there skating and then day two, somebody wrote a little article like, in the newspaper saying, we're saluting Andrew K the hardest working guy in the JLC, or as we call him in section 112, the shovel guy. And I just remember as the games of the week went on, your your fan base grew. And by the time the final hit with Sidney Crosby on the Sunday, and you came out in that white tux, 9,100 <laughs> fans in that arena were erupting for you. I go around and I was like, the guys with 112 kind of all give me a little wave when I go by. So I was like, all right, I'm going to play it up a bit. Got by the net. And I gave them the little Hulk Hogan to see what they do. <laughs> like half the section stood up. And I'm like, okay, that was kind of fun. Go to, so next whistle, come out, give them one again. The whole section stands up. I'm like, whoa, what's happening here? Third whistle in the period, come out. I'm at center ice and I do it. I start skating the whole arena as I'm, so I'm skating from center ice between the benches, one hand on the shovel around the whole perimeter. And as I skate around, the entire arena stands up like a wave as I go by and get off the ice. So just unreal <laughs> experience. And from that game, after that, every time I stepped on the ice, stand up, they had jumbotron graphics. People were renting us tuxes to wear on the ice. Kids were bringing shovels in, like plastic shovels in the crowd. I signed more autographs than you could even think of 
I ruined so many Knights jerseys with all these like future Stanley Cup winner autographs like Bowen <laughs> and Perry. And then people come up to me and like autograph and I write shovel guy. So there's all these great Mem Cup champion jerseys out there that have literally shovel guy scribbled <laughs> on in the middle of them. 15 years later to the day today, do fans of the Knights still recognize you in public as Shovel Guy? It still happens. Like I said, the 15 minutes is still going. Like, even you mentioned it the other day. And I'll be out, and it'll be people I don't even know. Like, you know, people I've never had conversations with before will be like, aren't you the Shovel Guy from back? I'm like, wow, still. Yeah, to this day. <laughs> hey, Shovel Guy, thanks for keeping the legacy alive and uh, for joining Blair and RV this morning. We appreciate it, pal. No problem, guys. Rock on, everybody. Over the weekend, RV, you heard a little bit of this. I did. Who's, who's at the door? Well, we were talking about the London, Ontario wine ninjas uh, last week on the show of how there's these uh, group of local women that go door to door and surprise each other with a basket of goodies to try and lift their spirits during the pandemic times. And over the weekend, Blair, as as you just pointed out, I got a knock on the door. I looked down and there was a basket of goodies sitting at my doorstep. Upon further investigation... I noticed in the basket there were a couple cookies and a couple brownies all wrapped up nice with smiley face stickers on them. All ready to go for you, eh? And there was a note wrapped up in a scroll, and I opened it up, and it said, You just got a visit from the Ganja Fairy. (laughs) I was like, What? This exists? This is a thing? This is awesome! Not only were there a series of baked goods in the basket, Blair, but I'm telling you, one of the most awesome spread of munchies I've ever seen. There was Doritos, there was peanuts, there was chocolate bars, Rice Krispie Squares, Nerds. All the classic stuff that you could possibly want. And there was even in there um, a brand new piece of glass shaped like uh, an old hippie van. That uh, I took, and it was like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And I actually uh, put it on my shelf for safekeeping. I don't know if I'm ever going to use it because I don't want to dirty it. But I'm telling you, what a great souvenir to come out of this pandemic. But yeah, the Ganja Fairy is a thing. Who would who would have thought that when uh, when you opened that door, you would have been paid a visit? <laughs> Listen, and I'll say this too: like you know, you're you're a, you're, a, you're a loving parent who uh, who who much like you know like you know what a kid has Desmond lost any teeth yet? Not yet. See, and, and there's always the talk about the tooth fairy and your kids, you know, it's so special. The occasion, they look under their pillow. They try to stay awake all night just to catch a glimpse of the, of the fairy. And it's like one of the most magical things about being a kid. And you know, as a parent, you're doing your job, but the whole thing is basically a hoax until one day you get a knock on the door. Fairies do exist, RV. Fairies do exist. And you are the lucky recipient. <laughs> Hey, they wanted to boost my spirits, and boy, did the Ganja Fairy ever do that. <laughs> did, 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 did she sprinkle some uh, some shake on you? <laughs> the brownie tasted pretty good last night, Blair, I must say that. And what's great is, with the similar to the Wine Ninjas, once, once you get a delivery, you pass it on, right? So I'm looking forward to compiling my very own basket and surprising some Londoner on their doorstep this coming weekend. Pass it on. I thought you were about to say, once you get your basket, you pass out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Pretty pretty close, right? The St. Thomas Couple RV going viral on TikTok, and I don't think they were prepared for this. It's pretty funny because I just mentioned to you, the couple in the video, they look oddly familiar. He kind of looks like our sales legend and resident Phil Collins fan, Jake McKenzie. 
<laughs> this is a guy you what he's like he's like nine two. The guy's a giant. <laughs> he's impossible to miss. He and his wife, uh, in lockdown like everybody else, were approached by some good friends of theirs. They heard a knock at the door, and it went a little bit like this. What's up, guys? So much. Just saying hi. I missed you guys. Yeah. Well, everybody has. All right. <laughs> Play the game. What's it say? It says, pick me up, dude. Right. Oh, if you pick up the puck in the crease, that's a penalty shot. Ben? <laughs> 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 So to illustrate how this worked was, uh, it looks like Jake's friends uh, from their campsite stopped by their house in St. Thomas, and they had like a little piece of plywood, and on the plywood was a mini hockey net and a hockey puck. So Jake bends down to pick up the hockey puck off of the plywood, and right as he did that... Oh, if you pick up the puck in the crease, that's a penalty shot, (laughs) And then uh, his friends come around the corner. They have this hockey stick paddle with two shots of uh, liquor in there, and they pass it to Jake, and he's just howling, laughing. It's it's, it's hilarious to see, obviously, unexpected. And if you have friends showing up at your front door on lockdown, I mean, to be clear, too, they were socially distanced the whole way, uh, you know, more than six feet apart. Uh, but uh, how how cool was that? And you mentioned RV that now even TSN has uh, has has picked up this video. One of our uh, classic rock empire members commented on Facebook saying, "Hey guys, TSN bar down picked that up." And I just looked. Mackenzie's got ninety thousand views on the video right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 hilarious to watch. Uh, you can catch it at classicrock981.com. We've got it up on the Facebook fan page as well. But when you see our buddy Jake, who's got a lockdown beard. He's wearing a toque, and his friends show up with a hockey game to give him a shot. I want you to tell me, RV, does it get any more Canadian than seeing all that in one frame during lockdown? I don't think so. Best part of the video, Jake, he's a big Leafs fan. The guy who showed up with the shot was wearing a Montreal Canadiens Guy Lafleur jersey. Chatham man has been fined for not quarantining after returning from a trip to Florida. That is uh, Chatham's national anthem, the Chattown Hustle right there, which is a motto they live by because they don't follow the rules. 41-year-old man returning from Florida, this was last week, opted not to quarantine for 14 days after uh, returning from stateside. Yeah, he came in, flew into Pearson in Toronto on July 10th. And obviously, you know the rule. you got to quarantine for 14 days. I'm kind of confused, though. Obviously, you can't travel across the border now and then come back. But he must have been, like, down there for work, finally returned home, said, yeah, it's crazy enough in Florida. I'm just not going to follow the rules in Chatham. Yeah, I'm just going to, you know, friends, family, whatever, coworkers, I'm just going to interact with everybody as if nothing was going on. I the thing, the thing that I don't understand is, like, if you if you're in Chatham, how do you not quarantine? There, how do you not quarantine? There is nothing to do in Chatham. Exactly, you just sit around. Like, it, to my knowledge, anytime somebody did come across the border back into Canada, the federal government sent everybody to Chatham because there is nothing to do. That's I, like you, you. That's what you do in Chatham is you're constantly in quarantine. We work for Blackburn Radio Inc. They sent us to Chatham for like a, a radio announcer seminar once. Most boring six hours of my life. And not the seminar, just being in Chatham. Please, they charge the man with failing to comply. 
with the Federal Quarantine Act, the man was issued $1,130. You said there's nothing to do in Chatham, right? Well, I was going to say, like, the good news is that he has the money because there's nowhere to spend it. There's at least one thing to do in Chatham, though. we got to give Chatham a little bit of credit. There's one thing to do, and it's called the Chat Town Hustle. Yeah! Take this as a lesson as to what not to do with the family if you're trying to keep the kids occupied. Was it that much of a disaster? During a, during a pandemic, uh, my lovely wife, Laura... Thought it would be a great idea to uh, to take the family on an adventure to an alpaca farm. An alpaca farm that exists in the area? It totally does. It's in Strathroy. And you get to spend, you know, you can sign up, I'm sure, for any time frame. But you can spend about an hour with, with basically a farm full of alpacas. <laughs> Is that- we, we didn't, like, there was a little bit, there was a few noise. Is that the official alpaca noise? Okay, that, that sounds about right. So we, we drive to Strathroy to this alpaca farm where you like, okay, so you can feed the alpacas, you can walk around with the alpacas, uh, you can pet the alpacas and just generally spend a bunch of time outdoors and, and have some fun with the alpacas who are extremely friendly animals, okay? Doesn't that sound friendly? Not really. So, I'm, you know, we've got twin two-year-old boys. And uh, our daughter is is four. Not a ton of exposure to farm life, admittedly. Uh, but there's this one there's this one part of like the uh, the adventure where they hand you a bucket full of food, and as soon as you take the lid off, like all of the alpacas turn their heads. <laughs> all of these alpacas turn their heads, like Louie and Sandra. They end names and Billy. Was there one named Al? If there wasn't, there should have been. Anyway, so as soon as you pop the lid on the food to feed them, because they eat right out of your hand, and they're largely toothless. Yeah. Like, they suck it out of your hand like a vacuum. Like, you almost, like, don't even feel it. But the, the kids, just, like, as they started to come towards us, the kids just couldn't handle it. So uh, the boys started screaming right away. <laughs> yeah, that was it. So I had to pick the boys up. There's two of them, one in each arm. And they're screaming like that at the top of their lungs. And then Veda, my lovely four-year-old daughter sees that they're getting nervous and she gets nervous and she jumps onto my back <laughs> piggyback style so I'm carrying all three kids as they're screaming running from about 15 alpacas I mean do you blame them when you're in front of animals like this <laughs> I'm like, I, know, I was like kids they're super friendly all the meanwhile my lovely wife Laura is talking to our tour guide Gab <laughs> Who was who was a Buddhist monk in France for two years, by the way. The whole thing was, it was supposed to be a pleasant adventure. It's a fond memories, and we're going to get pictures of us feeding the alpacas and taking them for walks. But it turned into just like this unmitigated disaster, tears everywhere, and, and kids just hanging off my arms. And I was like, we got to get back to the car. And then, of course, Gab asked us if we want to go to the, the gift shop at the end and buy some alpaca socks. And I was like, I think we're going to have to pass at this point. We appreciate it, though. Like, I don't know. I don't know if uh, if they should rename the farm from Alpaca Farm to I'll Crap on My Pants Farm because the kids just couldn't deal with it. And I'll say this. That's nothing on the farm. That, I, I fully realize that that's my own kid. That's my fault and my problem. You know, you know, I might just avoid the Alpaca Farm with the kids and go to Exeter and watch for white squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another long day ahead for you today, buddy. Dealing with this all day. Don't go to an alpaca farm if you have kids under four.
<laughs> Saturday, Victoria Park, Black Lives Matter. And joining us on the phone, uh, one of the organizers, Simone, 18 years old, on stage, getting the whole thing going. And Simone, what what was it like when you were up there on stage when things were where things were kind of getting underway there. You know, just being up on the stage, being able to see how far the people stretched out um, was really amazing. We didn't expect ever for that many people to come. I don't know who, but I believe it was reported around 10,000 people came out. Um, There's people in cars, things like that. Having uh, Caleb's mom, that was a surprise. She just showed up and, you know, we wish that we had like a French interpreter there to help. But having her come was moving, having, you know, Leroy and then that fo- that bit of a fight came out and Alex, our spokesperson, took care of that quickly, made everyone take a knee, seeing everyone listen and just have that man removed and not give him the, you know, time of day. The, just the day, I'm still one in shock, two, it's all a blur. Um, it, it was just an amazing feeling that I'm going to remember forever. Simone Onoblerner, who is one of the organizers of the Black Lives Matter peaceful protest Saturday at Victoria Park. Simone, we, we played a, a clip from your, your speech on the show earlier today and some, some very powerful words uh, coming from you. What was going through your mind as you wrapped up that speech and, and looked out to a sea of 10,000 people holding up signs in support of Black Lives Matter? Uh, what was going through your mind emotionally? I think it was just I was really one proud of myself. For, I usually have a big issue with public speaking. Um, so getting that, that speech through was a feat of its own. But I was just really thinking of all the kids that I'd seen that day who had, you know, been there with their parents and had actually been very vocal. There were two little girls that I believe are on a news article that were chanting, no justice, no peace, and they started that. Um, there was a little girl that I saw crying because... The, uh, the fight broke out, and I just wanted to do it for them so they could be the next generation that would do something like this, that would keep changing, you know, the way we look at things in London. Simone uh, joining us today. She was uh, on stage there, one of the organizers for Black Lives Matter. It was at the Banshell Victoria Park, a huge march that took place uh, over the weekend on, on Saturday. And uh, the question now, Simone, is, uh, you know, 10,000 people um, – we're, we're, we're there to support uh, the message, which is which is very important. But at the same time, the question is, what now? Well, it's important for everyone to keep educating themselves, keep signing the petitions, keep calling the numbers, keep donating if you're able to. I know it's hard in COVID time. Um, I believe that for us right now, we're taking a, a bit of a break because planning that protest in the five days that we had was incredibly challenging uh i believe we took a bunch of the signs and are going to be doing some kind of show of them uh in a museum or something i'll have to check on that maybe um i know that i want to keep you know having protests keep doing things like this keep giving the people a voice um because it was the feeling of everyone coming together seeing everyone want to say something having people there was a woman that i left at this point because i wasn't feeling very well but i've seen the videos of a woman singing bob marley uh and i just want this to continue in london to you know get rid of any kind of ignorance that we have here
Simone, we want to thank you again for coming on the show today. And we want to, uh, you know, we, we just tip our caps and congratulate you and uh, your friends there for what you guys did here in the city of London. Uh, Blair and I believe that, you know, that will be looked back on as one of the most historic days in this city. And you should be very proud that uh, if it wasn't for you and, and the group that you, you organized it with, it, it may have never happened. So congratulations to you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me back again. I'm just a ball player. You are a hero. Wakanda forever! Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Like like you and, and most of us, I was sitting in my garage when I uh, read the tweet about Chadwick Boseman passing away. Crazy, man. It was. You know, it was... Uh you know, not making some sort of 42 pun, but it was it was totally out of left field. And, you know, the, and he it was a personal battle behind the scenes, right? Yeah, he was diagnosed with with colon cancer, stage three colon cancer back in 2016, which is insane because you think Chadwick Boseman, who played Black Panther in the Marvel movies, a lot of his success came in the last four years and what he was able to do on screen and to think that he was battling through cancer that entire time while bringing the world that that pop culture shifting character it's crazy to think yeah i mean you i mean like you know let's just be real for a sec you think about things like chemotherapy right yep. and and even like alex trebek has talked about the the toll that it's taken on him and most days he doesn't want to get a, out of bed but then as you as you as you're say, saying like this guy is getting out there and and creating iconic movies and, and not even yeah. not not a single complaint no nobody knew about it either i guess uh a, a couple months ago he was spotted in public for the first time and he looked drastically different and people assumed that he was losing weight for a movie role yeah and there was a lot of people that were actually bullying him online telling him to eat that he didn't look good it just goes you to show that you never know what somebody is dealing with under the surface, like with what he was. Exactly. It, it's crazy. And you mentioned it too. I, I just found it so ironic that obviously uh, Bozeman uh, played Jackie Robinson in, in the movie 42. He passed away on Jackie Robinson day at the age of 42. What you like? What are the, what a, what a coincidence, right? It's absolutely insane. And there was uh, the tweet that went out. You mentioned as well, broke a, right. broke a record. Yeah. Isn't this crazy? So, the official news was uh, delivered through Chadwick Boseman's Twitter account at about uh, just after 10 p.m. on Friday. And that that tweet actually broke a record. It has 5.9 million likes and counting uh, on Twitter, which that's the most likes ever in the history of Twitter on a tweet. The previous was uh, one from Barack Obama in 2017. So a lot of people, a lot of people were paying attention to that. You think about uh, how well he's done and what he's meant to the uh, you know the African American community and especially with uh, you know what's going on these days with Black Lives Matter to lose a voice like that with so much power has got to be a hit. But the good thing is that you know you're left with those memories and the and the movies and the words and uh, that will not be forgotten. I'm just a ball player. You are a hero. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. RV back from a little bit of camping over the weekend. Great to have you back, buddy. But uh, 
I hear things got a little uh, unruly, a little rowdy on the on the Saturday night when you were in Kitchener. We went to, to Bingaman's there in Kitchener, and that was a campsite that I went to as a, a child uh, way back in the day. So, you know, I wanted to bring the kids there to share those experiences. And it was funny on Saturday. Uh, we got there like Saturday afternoon. Yeah. So the kids were tired. Uh, wife was tired when it came to the evening time. So we enjoyed a little bit of the campfire. They all went in the tent. And then I just sat around the campfire. And Saturday night on a campsite is the most rowdy night of the week. Oh, sure. It makes sense. So everywhere you look, there's people partying. They got music playing from their cars. Hydro-free sites. So everybody in their cars on playing music, drinking, playing beer pong. And um, I was kind of wondering, all right, I'm sitting here by myself drinking my Pink Whitney. And uh, <laughs> when's this all going to start to quiet down? Because the rule on the campsite is that you got to turn the music off at 11 p.m. sharp. Okay? Did, you, did, you, did you start waving your fist at people <laughs> like, hey? Quiet down over there. I was enjoying it. I was just sitting there in my lawn chair, just me, just dad with his drink, just just observing everybody having a great time. And I was okay with it. So 11 o'clock hits, right? And I see these bright lights come down the hill at Bigaman's and kind of bass. Some music's playing. Turns out it was a pickup truck, a big white Ford F-150 from Bigaman's that had all these like LED lights attached to the side and they started driving down all the lanes of the campsite blaring this song. Here I am. I'm, I'm literally sitting in my lawn chair with my drink while this pickup truck rips by at 11 o'clock and it was like Somebody's having a great time. That's amazing. That, that's a one-time deal. So I keep sipping my drink, and then 11.15 hits. Here comes the pickup truck again. <laughs> wow. But it was funny because after this pickup truck went by the second time, you kind of looked around the campsite, and everybody shut their music off. <laughs> After the pickup truck went by, you could hear every single cricket, every single log, and every campfire crackling. It was the funniest thing. And I was sad that my wife was passed out in the tent because I had nobody to share that moment with. I'm like, I can't wait to share the story with Blair. <laughs> that's, that's how you shut a party down? Like Blair and some Wu-Tang? It was hilarious. And I was like, oh, they must do that every Saturday night at Bigamins to calm down the rowdy crowd. And well, I I'm, thought that that would just make people crazier. <laughs> that's what I but it was just funny because the second time the truck came around and you heard the Wu-Tang song, it was just crickets. Major League Baseball is investigating the whole Justin Turner situation right now because he was diagnosed with COVID in the eighth inning of game six, pulled him off the bench, and then we saw him on the field celebrating without a mask. Yeah, he jumped right back into the field. And for the team's part, I mean, he was not supposed to come out on the field according to MLB protocol. For the team's part, they welcomed him back on. Yeah, I mean. They were willing to to take that risk. And it's unclear whether or not they knew at the time he was positive. And we had Cleveland Brownlee, all-time home run leader of your London majors on the show with us. Uh, he was saying, Cleveland was saying that he wouldn't, if that happened to him, he would have stayed in the clubhouse. Yeah, so, like if, if the majors were on the field, he'd keep all his teammates safe. Yeah. 519-679-3733. Got a call coming in here. Hey, good morning. I'm glad the Dodgers won for sure. They were overdue. But if MLB finds out he knew he had COVID and he still went out on the field before the game, he's in real trouble. There's going to be a fine, and I I would predict a very lengthy suspension. If the, if the test results came back during the middle of the game, they pulled him off the field right on the spot. He should have stayed in the clubhouse, uh, distanced himself. Uh, even with the adrenaline flowing, 
uh, you could be in some real trouble. Let's say that that all comes to fruition, and let you know. Let's say it's like a hundred thousand dollar fine. Maybe he gets suspended going into next regular season. Maybe he loses out on like fifty games. Yep. Ask ask yourself this: Does Justin Turner care? He may, in the long run, he may. <laughs> well, I, I I don't I, I don't know. I think he's just like you know what he it was once in a lifetime opportunity, and he was there. You know, I'm glad they won. They were overdue. They've had a great run the last ten years or so, but. Uh... It's such a tough situation because if you think, you know, us being at work, like you or me or whatever, if our boss came in in the middle of the day and say, hey, look, your test came back, you have COVID, we'd get the hell out of there without hesitation. With That's him right. saying, oh, man, I've been dreaming about this since I was a kid. I wonder where his brain was at, if he was even thinking about anything to do with the coronavirus or if he was just, hey, man, I got to get out there and live out my dream. Either way, I think he's in a little hot water. Yeah, it could be a lot of hot water up to his neck. If he knew before the game and he still went out there, he is in serious trouble. And you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, they were like to any dudes with long beards. They're like, you should shave your beard because this is prone to picking up COVID germs. And hey, Justin Turner is the biggest beard in baseball too. So you make a good point and uh, we don't disagree with you. Take care, boys. Stay safe, okay? Pandemic 2020. Well, we heard there might have been a bit of a ham shortage, hence the Hamdemic 2020, which I say, RV, is worse than the current situation of the pandemic. You got that right. You don't want to be short protein when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner, and our Ew. friends over at uh, the Real Canadian Superstore East uh, ha- offered up two great hams, one of which our pal Bruce Richardson yesterday won after a game called High or Low when it came to the sodium count of ham number one. We're going to give you a chance to win that the second ham that we got today, and it's way bigger than the one yesterday. Sorry, Bruce Richardson, our winner from yesterday, but this ham is a beast. So what we're going to do is we're going to play, as Blair said, higher or lower. We need you to guess the sodium content in a 100-gram serving of this ham. And uh, yesterday was, what was it, 10.30? 10.30, yeah. So- and we're going we're gonna to kind of set the parameters today. It's between 1,000 and 2,000 milligrams per 100-gram serving. Okay, okay, okay. So 519-679-3733 on the Unlimited Home Theater Rock Line. Good morning. What's your name? Hey, Sonny. All right, Sonny. Your guess has to be between 1,000 and 2,000 milligrams per 100 grams. Uh, 1560. 1560. What was it? <laughs> it's higher. Oh, oh. That was a that was a good guess. We will say this, Sonny. That was uh, that was a good close guess. Hello. Good morning. Who's this? Sonny. <laughs> two Sunnies. We got in a two row. two Sunnies in a row. 1560 was the first guess, and we said it was higher than that. Hello, uh, 1669. 1669? Lower. Lower. Okay, so we now know that it's between 1560 and 1669. 519 679 1650. He guessed all the right numbers in the wrong order. Oh, wow. Wow. I got it. You did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so stoked. I qualified this week. I won a ham this week. This is a great Thanksgiving, boys. Hang on. So you so you also qualified for the Classic Rock 98 dollars You were off that day. Oh, yeah. That's right. You were in the hospital whining about not being able to poop, Blair. Yeah, uh, how are you feeling, Blair? Better, better. And I'm sure <laughs> and I'm sure all this sodium over Thanksgiving will make it even better. And I am so 
stoked right now. Like, you guys have no idea. And there's only me and Jack here. I have no idea how we're going to eat that ham, but I'm going to do it, boys. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to deliver it to you right after the show today, Anne. Okay, great. Congratulations, uh, Anne. Ham you. Damn It 2020 coming to a plate this weekend. Ham Damn It 2020. <laughs> Blair's a married man. As of Monday, uh, Laura, the lovely uh, woman in my life, who we've been together for ten, just over 10 years, and we decided to uh, elope to make it official. Of course, we've got three kids at this point. I mean, who are we kidding? We went down to City Hall, London City Hall, right, right there, Wellington and Dufferin, just uh, me, uh, Laura, the kids, and uh, a couple of random people from City Hall. And, and just a second here, I want to ask you a question about what Laura said to me okay. when the ceremony was done. Uh, but people have already been asking, like, so what, like, you had to wear masks throughout this ceremony? That's literally what it was. Every The kids, everybody in the room, the officiant, we paid for witnesses. You paid for witnesses. You can pay $25 per witness. So we had our photographer be one of the witnesses, and we paid an extra 25 bucks for a random person from City Hall to be a witness. I would have done it for 10 bucks. I would have done it for, like, a six-pack of Bush Light. You should have just asked me. Well, after the divorce and I look for a remarriage, I'll make <laughs> sure I give you a call. I love you, Laura. But one of my favorite things of the in, of the entire ceremony, good save, <laughs> was what uh, was what Laura said to me. It like almost is not almost like directly after the ceremony was done. It's just like a quick ten minute thing, right? She has her spiel. You say I do. Um, she said briefly, you can take off your mask and have a kiss. We did that. Mask back on, and then she just looks at me and she says, Blair. Does this mean we don't have to try anymore? Oh, because all I want to do right now is go home and get in my sweats and have a glass of wine. I was like, that's why I married you. <laughs> so do you, do you give up? Do you give up? Once you finally get married, do you give up on trying to impress the other person, RV? That's my question for you. You're 10 years in. Have you not already given up? Like, I mean, you didn't have the ring on it, but. Well, I think because we, there was no ring that there was like a little bit of extra effort here and there because you knew at some point it would happen and you wanted to try and impress. Well, you can switch from those gourmet dinners you make to uh, hot pockets. <laughs> you can get away with uh, wearing underwear and a plaid shirt around the house. Oh, good. Can you go from buying like just like the normal bottle of wine to like that two and a half liter rosé or whatever the hell it is at the LCBO? Oh. Just like that big canteen, that big jug. Love the wouldn't, wouldn't she be appreciative of that? I mean, more wine, the better, right? Well, I think it's lower quality. That's the... Yeah, whatever. If it gets you drunk, who cares? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> if there's anything about being married, the best part is those nights where you got nothing going on, Blair, where you're just sitting there drinking cheap wine, watching... Uh, Nicholas Cage and the, the Tiger King live action movie that's coming out next year. You got a lot to look forward to. With your Abercrombie sweats. Yeah, man. When you told me you got married, I thought of this this clip here. Cindy and Scott are newlyweds. Whoopity doo! <laughs> Blair and Laura are newlyweds. Whoopity doo! <laughs> a little Halloween hangover this morning. And uh, RV was the creepy guy scaring the kids. <laughs> Well, you know, on Friday for our Blair and RV annual Halloween special, we we had a surprise. So our wives picked us up Halloween costumes. We didn't know what we were going to be until we opened the package live on air. You were you were the classic uh, what Bozo the Clown. I was, and if you look at our ninety eight one Facebook page, I was wearing the costume, and it looked all right. Oh, it looked good, man, for your part. Saturday night, once the sun went down, I decided to up my costume a little bit. Take a look at this. I added the face paint. Oh, so yeah, and you went uh, you went Joaquin Phoenix style face paint. 
People were commenting saying that my look on Friday, so I added, or on Saturday, looked like something out of like a Rob Zombie horror movie. Totally does. So I had like the kind of messy face paint on, the clown face paint. I had the red wig, the pointy hat on, the full on get up. And even my kids were scared of me. They're like, Daddy, take off the face paint. I'm like, ah, well, later. <laughs> Anyways, we're, we're walking down the street. We're trick-or-treating in Hyde Park. And uh, Megan's with Desmond and Bowie. And I see these kids coming that look like they were, I would say, maybe like 11, 12, 13. Oh, you're right? that dad, are you? I'm that dad. So <laughs> see these kids coming a mile away. So it's dark out. And I tell Megan, all right, you get up there with the kids just a little bit. I got an idea. So she gets up there a couple houses, and it's just me alone on the sidewalk. And I'm walking kind of like, I don't know how you describe it. I'm kind of like walking with like a, like a weird kind of psycho limp. You got a little gait in your step. So as I'm approaching this group of... I love that you're full on character. Teenagers. They came close to me and then they kind of like made eye contact with me and you could see them whispering to each other like, oh, that guy's creepy. As soon as I got right up close to them, <laughs> they were just so quiet. I went... <laughs> And they just started sprinting down the street. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my Halloween has been made. It was great. You went full Joaquin. That, that <laughs> laugh, by the way, is pretty much spot on. I catch up to uh, my wife and kids and Desmond, who's uh, dressed up as Spider-Man and Bowie as Chase from Paw Patrol. They're like trembling. I'm like, Daddy promises to never do that again, guys. <laughs> so, you know what? Halloween 2020 may have been a little bit different, but the scares are all the same. I love like the biggest concern going into Saturday night was uh, was the spread of COVID-19. <laughs> but the biggest thing that people should be afraid of is RV and in clown makeup. <laughs> Can we get that laugh one more time? Oh, I gotta <laughs> Blair, is this proof on how easy it is to actually make an ACDC song? How easy it is. Give me a break, bud. When Power Up was released, you know, even further back when Shot in the Dark was released, as soon as the song started, I said, wow, that sounds like every other song ACDC's ever released. There's a recipe, obviously. And there's two dudes on the Hickory Dickory TikTok. Is that what it's called? Is that what the kids call it? Hickory Dickory TikTok? I, I think the, so, yeah. Uh, social network. The talk ticks. Yeah, that. So they made a video of these two guys on how easy it is to make an ACDC song. Right, and right. here's the recipe. First, you need drums. Then you need bass. Then you need guitar. All you need to know are three chords. A, D, and G. See? Put them together in any order. And do your best impression of Marge Simpson. What's that? Look out! See? So I know we we've talked on the air before that all of ACDC's catalog contains three guitar chords. But if you want to sound like Bon Scott or Brian Johnson, all you have to do, Blair is pull off your best Marge Simpson impression. What's that? Look out! <laughs> I'll say this. They've obviously tapped into what is clearly the ACDC recipe. Like, that. that is pretty good. However, just because you can make a Big Mac at home doesn't mean the original from McDonald's still isn't better. <laughs> 
Oh, man. So, that is good. Is there any chance, does his Marge Simpson line up with Shot in the Dark? Is I, there any way we can do that? I think so. Watch it! Look out! So do you believe me now that every single ACDC song sounds the exact same and you could record it on your phone just like these guys on the Hickory Dickory TikToks? You be the judge. ClassicRock981.com Funny thing is, I never learned how to read music. I fooled the teacher. I was just blessed with good ears. I'd watch his fingers and emulate what he did. He didn't find out until much later that I couldn't read. He actually found out one time when he was playing a new piece of music and he asked me to turn the page for him. And I'm sitting going... He goes, what's the matter? He's supposed to turn the page. I'm going, what? I can't read. He's going, what? You know, this was after like five years of lessons with the guy. That was the late, great Eddie Van Halen, who passed away yesterday at the age of 65, describing a time in his life early in his career as he was learning to get into music that he just couldn't read the notes on the page. And when when you juxtapose what he became against that early story about essentially not being able to read, like, Holy crap. Well, he became a master of harmony. He was a finger-tapping virtuoso. He was an all-out rock god. But there was one thing, one title that a lot of people forget, Sports Anthem Royalty. And it wasn't until they, until you said it where all of a sudden I heard, you know, Van Halen songs going off in my head, like between periods, between TV breaks, between penalties. Like, it, it, there was tons of Van Halen going on. The London Gardens or the Lon- London Ice House, just through the 80s and 90s, I just remember Van Halen blaring through that, that speaker in there. And, you know, when Eddie and Alex started the band, they're out of Southern California in the mid-1960s. They, they never dreamed of how big they would get. But Van Halen... They have filled arenas in stadiums with their rock sound. And, you know, a lot of lot of sports organizations found that Van Halen had the perfect pump-up jam material. And it really was. Like, all, all those intros, you know, some of the interludes or the solos in between, like, eruption would easily come on. And if yeah. that doesn't get a crowd going, I don't know what will. I remember, like, the, the nightmare era of the London Knights uh, when they only won three games coming onto the ice to Van Hagar's right now. <laughs> That that was that was a fun time, and you know we're, we we've just been throwing memories around uh, all morning. Uh, we got Bert here on the Unlimited Home Theater Rock lineup five one nine six seven nine three seven three three. Bert, I know uh, when when Eddie passed yesterday, I heard the news. I thought of you because uh, do you remember Blair when ninety eight one presented Van Halen uh, at the Western Fair five years ago? Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, I, I remember running into Bert here and his son waiting in line. So Bert, how did that news affect you guys yesterday? Listen, honestly, it's odd that you say that because my son and I were together last night. Obviously, that came up. And um, we both agreed that um, Eddie, many, many years after his prime, was still prime, you Mm -hmm. might say. Obviously, you were at the show. We know David wasn't quite David. (laughs) But, 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 Eddie, he never changed. He never changed. His abilities were always rock steady. I mean... And I know he's a guitar player. He doesn't jump around. He doesn't do a lot of singing. But but boy, oh boy, did he rip that thing, huh? He did. And uh, Blair, you were at that show. I just I had to go through my Facebook to find this. I shot this video. It was August fifth, twenty fifteen, of the Eddie solo here in London at Western Fair. <laughs> Listen to that blistering. <laughs> like what? Like, it just. Yeah, and he just went on. It's like he's got a blowtorch in his hand. Like, the guy just absolutely kills it. And as a kid, my uncle took me to see 
Van Halen. Can't remember if it was it was up there with one of the very first concerts I ever seen. And I watched Teddy do a, a solo, and it completely flipped me into rock and roll. It was hot. Oh wow! <laughs> Just floored. Uh, my heart's broken, buddy. Lost another icon. Joining us by phone this morning, it is the one, the only, Rick Doyle, which we're now referring to as what, RV? London Knights legend and voice of. There we go. Holy smokes, that's a big title. (laughs) We thought we had to juice it up a little bit. Rick, you know, when I got cut from the Banting Broncos hockey team in, like, grade 10, I never got a second chance. (laughs) This particular London Knight. No, you didn't. No, I did not. It was probably good they cut me, too, because I couldn't skate backwards. Uh... (laughs) Hunter Skinner of the London Knights is getting a second chance with Team America. Well, listen, when you got cut, it wasn't 2020. Let's face it. That's true, yes. yes. If it had been 2020, you may have got a second chance in in spite of the fact you couldn't skate backwards. But Hunter Skinner is in camp with Team USA, and there's 29 players in camp. And what transpired here is that three players that had made the preliminary roster uh, are no longer available available to play for uh, Team USA. So they added players back that were on the bubble, obviously, and Hunter Skinner was one of those. So 29 players in camp, they have to get their roster down to 25 by the time that they break and go to the bubble in Edmonton on December 13th, which is this Sunday. So four players are going to be cut from the U.S. roster, and Hunter Skinner is hanging in there, and uh, clearly he impressed them the first go-round. So we'll see if Hunter can uh, make that U.S. roster. Rick Doyle, London Knights legend and voice of uh, joining Classic Rock Mornings with Blair and RV. Obviously, 16 days until Christmas, Rick. How you doing on the other uh, Christmas shopping front? Christmas shopping. Christmas shopping. Oh, come on. <laughs> Does your that? wife do it all just like Blair's does? Yes, absolutely. Janice does it all. Oh, thank and you, that's Rick. the best way to have it done. Thank you. Come on, guys. The amount of heat over the past couple of uh, weeks here, Rick, that I've been taking, not just from RV, but uh, a couple of members of the Classic Rock Empire, just because Laura goes out of her way to get it done before December, it's not that, it's not that I don't care. It's just that she's well ahead of the game. And uh, I've been made to feel like a terrible husband and a bad dad, Rick, so it's good to know that I'm following in your footsteps. Well, there you go. And there is a difference between you and I, Blair. I mean, Blair, you're willing to go out and attempt to Christmas shop with your wife. Rick's not even willing. All I picture is, like, everybody out of the store is getting ready for Christmas, and there's uh, Rick at the uh, the Doyle residence sitting in his leather chair. He's got a knitted Christmas sweater on, a glass of scotch, and a cigar, and he's just like, I ain't doing crap. I'm watching a preliminary hockey game for the World Juniors. That's important. Rick's got scouting to do. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Doyle, as usual, we appreciate the time this morning. Thank you. You guys have a good one. Go Knights, go! And he's officially in the building, the Selby building, 700 Richmond at Piccadilly, and uh, Backdoor Santa. Got a little bit of a jingle going on there, brother. (laughs) Oh, he's got a jingle. (laughs) Backdoor Santa, it's kind of those gifts that you couldn't ask for in front of the kids, a little off-center RV. I don't know, it it reeks like gin in the studio now, are you? How many have you had there, big guy? (laughs) It is the day before Christmas. Stress is high in Santa's village. (laughs) 519-679-3733 on the Unlimited Home Theater Rock Line for those, uh, you know, for those colorful gifts, let's call them. We got a text here from Donna Dunlop. Yep. Back backdoor Santa, and uh, Donna says 
Hey, backdoor Santa, my BF, I assume that means boyfriend, would love some chocolate brownies left at his back door. He's a little bit uh, extra frisky with those. <laughs> well done. I will make sure they're there for you and you can have a real special Christmas Eve. Do you got a greenhouse up at the North Pole there, Backdoor Santa? Oh, it's nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> uh, here on the Unlimited Home Theater Rockline, uh, our phones have been going crazy. 519-679-3733. Kelly's here. Kelly, Backdoor Santa is in studio. Yes, I heard. I was hoping I might be able to ask him for something. He's right here. Backdoor Santa, why don't you take it away? This is our friend Kelly on the line. Oh, oh, hello, Kelly. <laughs> hey, how's it going, Backdoor Santa? How's it going? Oh, I'm all ready for my big journey tomorrow, for sure. Oh, excellent. I was I was actually hoping to ask you for something, not for me, but for my wife. Sure, Kelly, anything okay. for your lovely wife. She would love a bottle of rum and some Well, well, Kelly, we will see what we can do for... What's your lovely wife's name? Dawn. Who? Dawn. Dawn. Oh, well, Dawn. Look at the back door. Santa might have a treat. There you go. There you go. If you hear a knock on the 25th or late night on the 24th tomorrow there, Kelly, it could be backdoor Santa, okay, bud? Okay, talk to you later. Merry Christmas, Kelly. Merry Christmas. Bye. <laughs> oh, that's amazing right there. And uh, coming up, backdoor Santa, you're going to stick around for a little bit? Oh, I'll be here until 9 o'clock, I guess. Is is, that- it, is, it, did you actually bring some packages with you? Oh, for you two. You've been so good this year. I brought you some extra special packages. Oh, I want to know what's in these. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> It's the Cole's Notes of the Morning Show. Is Cole's Notes still a thing, or did the internet kill that too? Classic Rock Mornings with Blair and RV. On Classic Rock 98.1.